Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name's Chris, and I'm joined, as ever, by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hi. And there's there's cars that have been on track, driving laps, and we may or may not have learned things from this. Yeah. So we're going to talk about <laughs> it. Um, let's, have we? Have we learned well, anything? Well, let's get straight into it. Have we learned anything from the first three days of testing? I mean, I learned that the McLaren looked better on track than in studios. That is very true. Very true. Yep, I would agree I, with that. I learned that the Williams looked just as average on the track <laughs> to me as it did in the studio. I was not a fan before. I'm like, I'm even the same amount of fan. I'm not any more of a fan now. Um. I learned that the Alfa Romeo has cool steelies, unlike every other car. We'll get to that, don't you? You're we'll jumping the that. gun there. Jump, oh, soz, mate. We, we yes, learned that. Learned um, <laughs> we, 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 uh, we learned that um, internet website companies can invert photos to make them look like they've got some special aerodynamic photographing technique when actually it's just the invert button in photos. <laughs> which is hilarious. Did you see that on the yeah. race? I did not see uh, that. Like I clicked the link, thinking, "Have they got some like mad method to like photograph cars suddenly and see the thing?" <laughs> and no, it had just been raining, and they'd inverted the photo to make right, the, right. the white wisps black. I see, and make it look all edgy and cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I took the photo off the website and inverted it back the other way in Photoshop, and it is literally just a photo of a car running in the wet, <laughs> and it looks exactly the same except the wisps, <laughs> uh, rainwater in rainwater white instead of <laughs> inverted rainwater great in analysis inverted, there inverted white which is black or brownish white so right i'm gonna i'm anyway. gonna rain this in a bit um <laughs> you asked what so, we learned chris i did i did and i regret <laughs> you it asked a silly question. <laughs> i mean the simple answer is not much <laughs> so if if we look at we're not going to dig too much into the times and stuff because let's just put up, up right up top it's testing. You can't read that much into it. But there's 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 nuggets we can take from this. So yeah, I mean, nugget. thanks. Nice one. Good one. <laughs> um, if you look at the overall lap times, it kind of looks like business as usual. The Mercedes had the fastest two laps of the test. Red Bull had the third fastest. McLaren and Ferrari sort of not far behind. But I definitely think there's more to it than that. I yeah. I feel like overall. Ferrari probably had the best test of anyone. Would you agree? They did the most laps. Yeah, significant yeah. number of laps. Most laps, no sign of um, any sort of reliability issues. Uh, they put in some pretty fast laps on uh, harder tires than some of the rest. Yeah. Looks good. Ferrari yeah. seems to be as fast as it looks. It's that classic yeah. scenario that we had the other season where we're like, oh, this Ferrari looks good in testing. And then what happened? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't turn out to be that good, did it? Um, no. But they they have been very reliable and they have posted fast, fast-ish times on yeah. tyres that are not as fast as what the tyres are for the actual fastest laps over the over the test. So like two compounds softer and then they're not yeah. far off those times. So, like half a tenth. 
yeah, that's positive. Obviously, we don't know what fuel everyone's running. We don't know yeah. if Mercedes did those laps on high fuel with the softest tire to see how the you know they could be testing how the cars run uh, at the start of a race, which is how which is for the majority of the time you're going to be on the soft tire used over a lap on your highest fuel load. So it makes sense to run that kind of configuration in your car. Um, yeah, it's. It is, it is interesting to see. I think there's definitely there's 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 something to be gleaned from these times. I think like I'm not really surprised by the sort of order of of things from this first not a test because it's it's mm-hmm. actually not caught. It's not wasn't a test, was it? It was running, mm-hmm. but non specific um, running, non specific yeah. running, which obviously was testing. Um, but if 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 you're a Ramco, then it wasn't the first test. If you're a Ramco, it's it's running <laughs> because Ramco are sponsoring the second <laughs> test. Um, so yeah, I'm like I'm not really surprised by anything that I've seen. Like that, it's it's the top guys at the, at the top that you'd expect to see. I guess like the team that sort of stood out for me probably if we're gonna pick if we're gonna go down sort of this road to, in order to help us anal- analyze this, I would say McLaren probably stood out for me the most yeah because they didn't have the same issues with porpoising which we'll get to i guess Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to talk about porpoising we can explain what porpoising porpoising is to people if if we need to can we do it Um, very briefly and without jiggling around like idiots unlike all sky presenters seem to have been unable to do i can do it i can do it really really quickly for you really simple um the underfloor of the car is generating downforce by having air flow over it. When it gets too close to the ground, it stops doing that because the air can't get through. And it means that the the basically the tires are allowed to expand again because they're not being pushed down and the, the suspension is allowed to expand again because the bodywork is not pushing down on the suspension either. So that lifts it up. Then that opens up the way for the air to flow back through, which recreates downforce and sucks it down, and the and the process just keeps repeating itself. Does that make sense? Nice, succinct. You didn't jiggle around like an idiot. It was great. No. Loved it. Yeah, easy peasy. Like there's no there's a hole for air to go through, which allows the car to create downforce. That hole gets sealed up. Yeah. Car can't create downforce anymore, so it lifts up. And then the hole opens up again because it's lifted up and it starts creating downforce again, gets sucked down again over and over and over and over and over again. But McLaren... McLaren didn't seem to happen did, to them. No, it seems as that they were quite coy about it, but it seems as though they turned up having already come up with a solution to that problem, whereas most of the team seemed to be still in the process of figuring out yeah. this solution. I mean, the easy solution is you just raise your ride height, but of course... As soon as you do that, your lap times are going to plummet because it, you, you know you lose car performance. So that's sort of an interesting balance they're having to deal with. I've seen mm-hmm. rumblings of McLaren are maybe doing something interesting with the sides of the floor. They've maybe mm-hmm. found a loophole where they've got something bending or flexing in the edges of the floor to stop this effect. I I guess we'll maybe see more of that in the second test. I guess there'll be there could be an element to the way that they've changed the suspension. Because obviously yeah. they've gone a little bit different to everyone else, and I think there's probably an element in that. Like I've not had the time to like properly sort of go into depth of who's configured the suspension which way and who's had the worst problems. But it would mm-hmm. be really interesting to try and work out if there's like a coloration between like yeah. certain suspension setups and the severity of 
Yeah, the, yeah. the bounce I mean, that is caused by the, the, the loss of the underfloor. The components that affect this in the suspension are not really like visible. Like you're never going to really yeah. see because this, it's all based on like heave springs and like variable dampers and stuff like that. So if you've got a variable damper that is much stiffer, the more com- gets more stiff, the more compressed it gets, which is pretty much any damper anyway. But you can obviously vary that rate depending on the fluid you put in the damper, depending on how many holes are in the um, in the probe for the damper and all that kind of stuff. If you've got one that if, if your suspension setup is just right, then you won't have any sort of you, you won't get this issue because it'll You're get it'll compress out. Yeah, it'll compress to the point where it's right on the limit of of losing the attachment of well losing the flow of air, but it won't compress so far that that actually happens. So you end up yeah. with just with a, a nice thing. And it's just really for a lot of the teams, probably about getting used to the car finding a sweet spot with your suspension setup and combining that with your aero and and just tuning just car tuning but and suspension tuning but an aero tuning and you know tuning across the car yeah and, it, and you can't expect like all the teams to have that licked after three days no. of <laughs> testing on a brand new formula so i think we'll see if if I think they'll pro- most teams will probably solve it before we get to Bahrain, but I think if there are any teams that by the by the what third day of official testing in Bahrain, if they are still experiencing those kind of issues, given that the first race is in Bahrain as well, yeah, then you know you, it could be it could be problematic for those teams. So. Hmm. I think all eyes are going to be on that final day of the test and watching how the cars go down the main mm, straight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because if a team doesn't sort that out, like that's, I I think if a team is suffering from it as much as we've seen in the test and tries to do a race distance, I'd be surprised if that car made the end. Like that, that's some pretty violent movement. Yeah, of driver as well, actually. Like, they'd need, um, Mouth yeah, guards to stop them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the I saw some footage. I, I did see some sort of high mo footage of of look. It's probably out there by now. Of the of Leclerc going down the main street, yeah, um, yeah. getting to the thing. I think as well. Part of it, mate. Part of this could be a bit of a red herring as well, being exaggerated by the bumps at the end of the straight in mm. in Barcelona. It's sort of one of those stories that kind of everyone's jumped on because there wasn't actually that much to talk about during testing and everyone suddenly noticed this and it's all like all the formula one media are like oh we need to report this they're talking about porpoising let's all talk about porpoising mm-hmm. and suddenly you've got photos of blooming aquatic mammals everywhere all over the internet <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and everyone's everyone's claiming that these cars are porpoising when actually like that is very, very, very bumpy. You can see the bumps in the road at the end of that straight. Yeah, it's always been a so, bumpy section of track, hasn't it? Yeah, so they could quite easily be exacerbating this kind of yeah. condition that, that the cars are experiencing. And we could get to Bahrain where it's potentially flatter, or we could get to parts of circuits where it's much, much flatter, different circuits that have got um, newer tarmac that in better condition, and it not even be an issue. But then yeah, exactly. on the same merit, we could go to other circuits like Monaco, like even though Monaco is very, very good these days, but there are parts of Monaco that are quite bumpy. Could go to other circuits that are super, super bumpy and this raise all kinds of issues for the team. So yeah, it's 
and it, also it's just that kind of like resonance thing because once you go if you, you could go over a bump and it generate enough lift to initiate that thing so once your car yeah. gets so low and the pressure is pushing down so hard on it then that it only takes that one bump to start that process off and yeah. it just resonates and keeps going until you come up until you're on the brakes and and you slow down to and and the air can actually start flowing through again because the yeah. you get the lift so yeah uh I'll, very interesting yeah so just to quickly run through get through the teams i guess mercedes were trying to play down their test quite a bit sort of pointing at ferrari and mclaren looking better than them they had the fastest two times of the test they did the second most laps i would say that mercedes had a much better first test than they did last year and they won the first race last yeah. season so yeah I'm not overly concerned about Mercedes. Uh, McLaren, we've kind of already spoke about things. I think they could be McLaren could be pretty satisfied with their first test. I think I'd say so. Very much. I I think they could be. From what little we've seen, it's it's hard to say. And I guess we're going to make some predictions later. But I'll make a prediction right now. I think I think McLaren look decent. I think they're going to be um, in a very strong position at the start of the season if if they continue to progress mm-hmm. if they if you know if they, if they've hit the ground running the way it looks like they have then i think mclaren could be early contenders this year yeah red bull a fairly low key test i think it's fair to say uh, they were third most laps third fastest lap of the whole of the 3 days um, i mean they obviously turned up with a completely different car to the one they launched with, because we all yeah. know that was just the show car. Fascinating yeah. um, direction they've gone in. It's a very, lots of very wide body work on the Red yeah. Bull, especially if you see it side by side with the Mercedes, which is super tightly yeah. packaged. The Red Bull seems very big and open and using that, that body work to direct the airflow. The, the side pod inlets are mad. Sort of a weird double tier of inlet. Very interesting yeah, car. Yeah, it's like a, like, a, like a sort of un- underbite this year. It's kind of is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it looks cool. I think yeah, it, it does. Really cool. I'd say if anyone is sandbagging, I feel like it's Red Bull. Yeah, yeah I, th- I can believe that. I think Mercedes were a little bit at times yeah. as well. Um, Ferrari were just probably trying to understand the setup to do with the poor poison. Mm-hmm. Um. And McLaren were just being quietly understated, just getting things done. So I think I think there's an element from all four of those teams where there's far more to come than what you've seen on the surface so far. Yeah, I yeah. think those top four could be. I think I think it's safe to say from testing. Actually, this is this is one thing that we probably ha- can say we've learned is that those top four teams, so Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren. They seem to have formed like a top four. I would say, yeah, from early it looks running, that way. It, it looks as though McLaren might have broken into that top four, and we could, early doors, have a bit of a fight between potentially eight drivers because they're all good yeah. drivers as well in those teams. So it's uh, it points to a very, very, very exciting season. If if the if the testing continues to develop the way it has been, I would not object to uh to no. this sort of order at the first race of the season for sure definitely not uh wasn't all plain sailing there was well the first day there wasn't a single 
break down no red flags and then for the rest of the test they all seem to <laughs> come out okay, um, together alpine had a hydraulic leak which led to a fire in the back of the car while alonso was driving which put them out for quite a while um we also had um alpha terry oh uh, gasly had a crash didn't he actually and they weren't able to yeah, yeah pair that in yeah. time um, has lost a full day more or less with oil oil leak issues yeah aston martin had some oil leak issues as well yeah. um alfa romeo had a <laughs> shocker as well they barely didn't elapse yeah so yeah. has did 160 laps across the three days and alfa romeo did 175 laps compared to 439 for ferrari 393 for mercedes so yeah big oh, big wow. deficit in running there for them um things don't look super happy at alfa romeo uh, or Haas actually, both of them had pretty pretty poor tests all in all. Yeah, um, but yeah. kind of in between them and the top four we mentioned, everyone else seems sort of just in the same sort of ballpark, didn't they? They did similar number of laps, they did similarish lap times. Yeah, hard to pick out a running order so far. Very very hard to pick up a running order from those middle guys. I think. When you look at the sort of tyres they've been running on, um, Aston Martin on the C5, um, not much quicker than sort of, you know, signs in the Ferrari. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of a gap between them anyway, but you're talking sort of signs on on harder tyres going only like less yeah, than like... two tenths slower. Yeah, exactly. It's not There wasn't much in it, was there? No. Yeah, on two count on two compounds difference tires, so you really want to be looking for around half a second's difference there at least. So, yeah, I, I think Aston maybe. I f- I'm a bit worried about Aston. I said at the start, mm. I said last week, I'm a bit worried about Aston and uh, about Aston. And this test has done nothing to alleviate those worries for me. Mm. Likewise with Alpine, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Alpine's probably one of the ones I'm most worried about actually after that yeah same in terms of where you'd expect them to be and where they expect to be um being a factory well you know they've all but these are all teams that that have had quite disrupted running so yeah we we could still it's still possible that we could get to the next test and they that they have a great test and they show up in bahrain and you know they've found something that they've found whatever's wrong with it and they're they're running better. It, it's, it's all about getting laps on the board and getting used to your car, finding the setups, and and you know figuring out how your car works. And see, you I think can this is the thing: see the cars that have and the teams that haven't. Yeah, the, this is the thing with testing, though, isn't it? Like the the times don't necessarily matter as much. Like, I mean, you're looking at obviously a wide variation in tires, but then also ultimately like the drivers themselves are only actually separated by three seconds from top to bottom across yeah. quite a wide selection of tyres. Um, and, I mean, three seconds sounds a lot in Formula 1, but when you think about the compounds, the difference in cars and the difference in running conditions each day, yeah. it's probably not that... It's, it's not as dramatic as it may seem. I think the concerning thing is the teams with a low number of laps, not necessarily yeah. the poorer <clears throat> lap times. Because you can look yeah. at, like, say, Sonoda with not not that great a fastest time. But, I mean, Alpha Tauri, we're past that 300 mark in terms of laps. And it's 
it's about finding that race pace consistency, isn't it? Like it's not about who is fastest on a single lap. No, and testing. it's about having a drivable car as well. It's yeah. about having a car that you can work with over a race distance, not just yeah. you know shooting shooting for the moon and getting the quickest possible time during during the test. But I will say that you do. You even though people that say, "Oh, you can't," you know, you can't trust the times. You don't know what what fuels the times mean nothing. All this, that, and the other. You do kind of, you know, if you look at that list, like there's definitely over the course of the test, like. I would say McLaren have been more consistently near the top of the, the yeah. timesheets. Yeah. So I think when you look at it that way, when it's, yeah, if it's one day of testing, obviously anything can happen. But across three days of testing, for the McLaren to be in the top sort of four or five every every day is, well, three or four really, every day, that's 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 good consistency. That's That points to mm-hmm. a pretty good car, I would say. Yeah. Um, regardless of tires and and all of that, like if they're able to keep putting it up there, then you know eventually <laughs> it's going to come th- out and be yeah. a quick car, isn't it? And I think on the flip side of that as well, I think your sort of your Hasses, your Williams, your Alfa Romeos, your Aston Martins of the world, if they were able to top the testing times, they would like teams that could do with some good headlines and a bit of sponsorship money, if they could go out there and top testing times for a bit of attention, they probably would have done. So it's all right to play down, oh, it's only testing, but ultimately teams like that will want to be as high as they can right now because they're still, they want to attract sponsorship ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I I guess that's slightly the flip side in like Aston Martin's story though as well then because like when you think about it across... All three days that Vettel was in that car, he was top six. Yeah. And he wasn't that far off those that were ahead of him. So I think there's something to be said for that, that it is a case of, like, you can you can see potential in some cars. Like, I, I'm personally not as worried as I think Stu is about the Aston. I'm more worried about, say, the Alpine, mm-hmm. because mm. that seems more off the pace generally and was also plagued by like not having a lot of running under its belt due to issues. So it could all change come Bahrain, like we say. I just think that the, the, that's a standout team for me that need to show me something different, I guess, when it comes to Bahrain next next time out. Yeah, because I don't think Alpine yeah. were higher than eighth. Eighth was the best they did on the first Alonso day. Alonso might have got a seventh, that. something. Oh, no, if I Yeah, get, it was uh, something it was, like that. Eighth, eighth was probably about right, actually, yeah. for Alonso. So yeah, yeah, not not a great time for them. I think if you had to pick winners for the test, though, I think Ferrari and McLaren would probably be the teams you'd point at. Yeah, yeah, because there's a standard that you expect Mercedes and Red Bull to land at, regardless being in the position yeah. that they're in. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. as a uh, a lot riding on the second test in Bahrain which is mm. just over a week away now um I I imagine some teams will be turning up with very different looking cars Mercedes I suspect are one of those I think Mercedes are going to turn up with a very different looking car but yeah we'll see and we'll we'll go over all of that as and when it happens what makes you think that what makes you think Mercedes is going to show up and look really different I think the Mercedes right now looks very Looks like last year's car. But it's very safe. Think, really. It's the Mercedes looks very safe and unremarkable. 
it lo- right it now. Looks, it looks unfinished to Chris, basically. <laughs> Chris, I'm Chris, kinda Chris can you. see additions coming. I think I, they've got stuff in the pipeline they didn't and they didn't want to show their hand too soon. I, I do think that the Mercedes, if you were to take sort of if you were to chop from the front of the rear wheels off and the back of the front wheels off, that could be last year's car. Yeah. Yeah. That middle section. If you look at it from that angle, that middle section just looks like last year's car, even with like the new, from the side anyway. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's not. Obviously it's designed to the new regulations and it's designed to generate under uh, ground effect downforce and all that. But definitely like the top, certainly the top half of the body has this, it just has that same profile to it. Like it doesn't look that much different from the side pods to, you know, even the little bulge in the thing for the engine. Stuff, mm, like for the yeah. planet, like all that's still there. So I'm very interested to see, yeah, if they if they do bring something different to the table. But then if it ain't broke, you know, if you can keep yeah, that and, so and, it, and you can factor it in, you know how that all that stuff works, and you're able to, and it works. It's clearly been a very effective system for them over the last few years. Why change it if if you can apply yeah. that same logic to this new sort of set of regulations and not lose out or even gain? Then why not? It's fair. Yeah. Right, the next thing that happened, <laughs> we actually finally got to see the Alfa Romeo in all its glory without the camouflage mm. and with a livery. We haven't, we haven't spoken about this at all, but what do you guys think of the, the new Alfa Romeo? It's slotted exactly where I thought it would into my like livery preference order. Where's that? Fifth. Just behind all the ones that were like my, so I think I left it as my top three, and then Alpine were kind of knocking on the door of that. Yeah, I think this, yeah. this, and this, and the Alpine are like sort of fighting to get into my top three, but not quite there yet. I think when I see it a bit more, it might actually jump up a little bit because I just love those wheels. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the fact that there's actually something going on there. It's the one yeah. car we can't say share about the Steelies about. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. My my, when I first saw it, I was a bit meh about it. But the more I see it, the more I actually do like that livery. Um, yeah. I think I, I think really the thing like is, it. I I really liked the giant logo they had on the engine cover, and they've obviously replaced that now with just the Alfa Romeo text. But, but it's the, nice the, though. That's nice. It is type. nice. That's ni- it as, is nice. As, yeah. As a, as a type aficionado, I love that text. That it's very. Nice. It's very harking back to the the early days of Alfa Romeo in F1, isn't I was about it? Like, to say, back yeah, in the it's 50s. like a very traditional sort of way of doing it. There's a bit too I mean, much black on the side of it for me. I don't like this. There's this trend in F1 liveries of just the the black of kind of the floor creeping further and further up the side of the bodywork, and they've kind of mm. fallen into that trap a bit. I think that's a bit of a shame, but saves weight. Yeah. Which is which is a bit an issue with these cars. That's another thing that came out of testing, which is that they are a lot of teams have extremely heavy cars this year. Apparently, a lot of them are really struggling to get them down to the weight limit, which is interesting. Chunky boys, yeah, Chunky. they are the they're the Milos of Formula One. <laughs> that is a <laughs> reference that no one will get, <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, not a bad looking car. Shame it looks pretty slow at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it looks it looks really pretty. I think the the type is great. The the the, the color of the paint as well, like that metallic red. Yeah, 
looks it's a really really nice sort of version of that color too which i really really enjoy um yeah i think it's a sexy car i think it looks really cool i would put that like in number maybe four probably four or five in my list similar to you tom Mm -hmm. yeah um i like it i like it a lot yeah also, uh, Bottas and Joe have very cool helmets this season, and they're very different to each other as well, which I always appreciate. <laughs> always That's a bonus. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> right. The next thing to talk about is, unfortunately, the whole Haas and Mazepin situation. Mm. Now, obviously, we all know why this has happened. We're not going to go down that route on this podcast. It's not what we're here to talk about. I'm sure also there's a lot of people out there listening to this podcast as a way to escape the things going on in the world right now. And we're not going to force you to go down that route necessarily. But we are going to talk about this from a sort of purely sporting F1 point of view. Um, yeah. Let's it's, through it. So it's not great for Haas, is it? So they turned up at the final day of testing with the... Um, I've, every time I say the name of this company, I pronounce it differently. Today, I'm going to go with <laughs> Uralkali, but every, wow. everyone I hear who says it, says it differently. But I say you, Uralkali. Yeah, there's, there's a, it, it's one of those words, isn't it? Anyway, them. That, whoever they are, they weren't on the car his, on the his Friday. His dad's company. Yeah, yeah Mazepin's dad's Mazepin company. Mazepin oil, let's just call it that. Uh, all of all of the branding was off the car as well, in the process, significantly improving the livery of the Haas, I might add. <laughs> it's true, yeah. That it is, it just, does. That Actually, just, like, move, moved up a few steps. It really <laughs> did. It looks so good. Um, so Haas have said that there are sort of legal conversations going on about the future of that deal. They've made a point of saying that the team will be fine without that money if that's what it comes to. I really want to believe that. I'm not sure if I do. Um, well, that, yeah, but there's no reason to lie about it. Is he? There's not, but I don't know. I, I, a title sponsor brings a lot of money into F1, and to go into the start of a season suddenly without that is... Mm, I don't know. I think Haas are fine. I think Haas have got. I hope they so. do have the money. Like they're not, you know, they're not. They're not in the same position Williams have been in the been in, in the past. They're not in the same position that um, Racing Point or true, well, India were in. True. You know, they've got a very successful backer. You've got a very wealthy backer behind mm-hmm. them in Haas, um, in the technology company Haas. So it, it, well, it's a uh, machining company actually. Yeah, CNC like, machines and all of that stuff. That's the one. Like they're a very successful company. They're not. Yeah. Gonna, you know, they are the go-to CNC machine. He's not short of a dime, is he? Yeah, so they'll be fine. They will be I fine. certainly hope Sponsorship so. money helps, but they don't desperately need it. They're, obviously, they're not going to turn it down, but especially with the budget cap now, like, things are different. Like, it's not, That's very if this true. Had happened, if this was two or three years ago, they might be, it might, might be more difficult for them, but they've mm-hmm. probably already got all the money they need. They're basically getting a free driver by having that sponsor. Yeah. That way. Yeah, and it's an interesting point that Jeff just made in the chat. He said he's been hearing of companies coming to them with sponsorship opportunities since this has happened. And actually, although that one sponsor bought in a lot of money, it almost feels like now not having that sponsor makes them more attractive to other companies, if that makes sense. So yeah. I would hope it means more people are coming on board to them. 
Um, so obviously, as you say, Mazepin's drive is very much linked to that, and there's a very good chance he won't be able to hold on to that seat if that deal comes to an end. On top of that, in the last couple of days, uh, the Ukraine Motorsport Federation have basically asked the FIA to, well, for lots of sanctions, one of which being uh, just excluding Russian drivers from motorsport competition. We know the FIA are holding an extraordinary meeting of the World Motorsport Council tomorrow as we record this. So um, that's, that's sparked by the IOC as well, the Olympic Committee. Yes, because the FIA the do FIA actually are recognised under it, aren't they? Yes, I believe weirdly. that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right, that's right. Sounds weird, but yeah, the FIA are under the IOC. Strangely, well, this is you know if you if you think back to when the IOC and the it was um, the anti-doping. Yeah, well, it's, yes. it's why Mazepin's not racing under Wada, a Russian well, flag. Yeah. yeah, so the world anti-doping, going back to the world anti-doping um, yeah. verdict, it meant that Russians couldn't compete under the Russian flag in yeah. any sport. So he could still compete, but he could. we couldn't have the Russian flag for him anywhere in, in the sport. So that's yeah. why you see on the broadcast, there's always just like a white box where his flag was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um so they they do yeah that there is an alignment there between the well between the the powers that be that that sort of arbitrate these rules for sport and and the FIA imposing what they determine so yeah if 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 the verdict is that we don't want russian athletes competing in sport or barred from sport then it could well be without a seat yeah. Which is kind of like mm. not the way I wanted to see him go. <laughs> it's I, I, I was going to say that... it feels weird, doesn't it? Like with, without getting into the exact politics of it all, like he, he's a driver I never wanted to be on the grid, and I still don't think has done anything to deserve his place on the grid. But for him to lose his spot in this fashion, you, you it... have to sort of feel for him in a way, but at the same time. I'm not going to miss him if he does lose his seat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a it. weird one. You kind of, you kind of like wanting. This is going to sound a bit. This is going to sound kind of dark, but like you, you want to see him make his own bed and lose his drive because of his own behavior, not because of yeah, else's. yeah. And and this is kind of like, you know, it's and I'm treading carefully here, but like the Schudenfreud side of me wants it to be well, I want to be able to go ha ha because he did, did something bad himself and yeah it's 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 better for me emotionally if if he's made his own bed and then he's got to lay in it do you know yeah. what I mean yeah um but still at the same time like given the situation then you know I uh, yeah it's just crazy so it's I, difficult uh, it's very difficult I, yeah I, I have an opinion on it I'm not going to go too deep into my opinion on it because people aren't here to hear my opinion on those things. Yeah, but yeah, but it's it's like as Sarah points out in the chat, I I agree with Sarah. I feel more for the sort of the feeder series drivers. This sort of yeah, thing affects like yeah, that sucks. yeah. Um, so, well, it sucks for the legit like talented ones, doesn't it? Like the ones yeah. who are good and the ones who are good, fair, exactly good drivers. That it sucks yeah. for those guys because they're just sportsmen. 
you know. But I think with Mazapan, like he's that there's just there's an extra layer of of head to it. <laughs> Essentially, which, make, yeah. which, which makes me feel less a lot less bad about it. Yeah, but still, I'd rather see. But at the same time, because of that, I want to see him lose his drive because of his behavior. Like as I keep saying, rather than because of someone else's. It's that's, yeah, that's, it's, it's that's weird. the simplest way of putting it for me. But it, it's a weird emotion. Yeah, it's, I still yeah. think it's the right thing. Yeah, you've got um, Iris Sidakova in W Series as well. Was supposed to be in Bahrain. Um, no, in Barcelona today, I think for the W Series test, and now she's not been able to. And, you know, this is like a. I think she's like 16 or 17 and this is potentially just end of her career. And I don't know. It's, it's again, it's difficult to get into yeah. without going down. A, yeah. Let's, let's yeah. just, we, we can. So, so um, who, who could we see in, in place of him? If it, if it does happen. So Hass have said Pietro Fittipaldi would be the first choice. Um, he obviously stood in for Grosjean for the last couple of rounds of 2020. Yeah, did a good job as well. He did. He did a very yeah. good job under the circumstances. Uh, Giovinazzi's name has also been bandied around because he is the Ferrari reserve driver this season. And as part of the f- deal that Ferrari have with Haas and Alfa Romeo, they share him as a reserve driver. So his name is sort of in the mix as well. Um, I think either of them would... I th- I think... As much as I think Fittipaldi did a decent job at the end of 2020, and obviously he, in theory, should be front of the queue, I do think Haas would benefit from a more experienced driver. Yeah, to go along Schumacher at the minute, yes. Yeah, I think I think but it's d- it, it's about it's about obviously like there'd, there'd be some element of. Um, mentorship someone mm-hmm. i guess with a but, little more experience in the sport could offer towards schumacher i think but is giovanazzi that guy i mean he's more he's... that guy than fittipaldi <laughs> yeah <laughs> is he enough is he enough more of that guy than fittipaldi i'm not sure make a he... difference i'm not i don't see him as like a driver to mentor a, a someone in their second season personally Based um, on, based obviously, to be fair, purely based on what we've seen on track. It's for, not, for yeah, what, you don't know what it's like it, in the garage. For it matters anyway, I don't think it'll be him anyway because <laughs> I don't I think, think so he's, either. He's now busy with other things and yeah, I think he's, clo- he's closed that door on his part of his career. Likewise, I've seen people saying, oh, maybe they'll try and get Grosjean or Magnussen back, but there's no chance they're coming back. They've well, both. Grosjean, no way. And they Magnus both made Magnus their peace with it. Yeah. 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 Hulkenberg? Um, <sighs> I was about to say every time there's a seat free, Hawkenberg's a name that gets knocked around. But he's officially Aston Martin reserve right now, is he not? He is, but I'm sure he's got something in his oh, contract yeah. that says if a if a drive turns up elsewhere, he could like wriggle out of it. Essentially, yeah. I would guess I was getting more at he's like linked to the grid still. Yeah, like Giovinazzi's um, is like gone, gone. Oh no, no, sorry, he's. He's actually officially the Ferrari reserve driver, isn't he? I apologise. So yeah, he's not gone, gone. <laughs> Kimmy is Kimi more than done. Yeah. I mean, Kimmy's might... like, Kimmy's de-aged 10 years since the end of last season. Like, nah, he's, gone back to yeah. being, he's gone back to babyface Kimmy. <laughs> he looks like when he won his title in 08. Wow. <laughs> Fetus, like, like a fetus boy. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was going to say it might be an opportunity for Ferrari to bring one of their academy drivers in, but then 
like you look at their academy drivers, Robert Schwartz will be top of the list, but he won't be able to do it for the same reason that Mazepin's losing his yeah. drive in all likelihood. Callum Eilert has just made his IndyCar debut. Like, yep. would he want to make that change? And then next on the list is like Arthur Leclerc, but he's not got the experience. He's not nearly got enough yeah. uh, super license points. So, so then what about um, your Red Bull Academy? Do Red Bull sort of put someone in there to warm them up? until yeah possibly in the next year or two at alpha towering i mean albon has proven that just because you're part of one driver academy doesn't mean you can't go and drive for another team running a different engine maybe alpine will stick piastri in there i wouldn't be against that happening yeah i mean piastri would be high on my shopping list if it were me it's an interesting concept isn't it because it's such a low down team that well based on last year i mean for all we know they could have a really good car and just not have a very good situation mm. going on at the moment with with the car because they've, it's, they've barely done any running but you could get like potentially someone half decent in there and that be an all right car next yeah, yeah. it's difficult for whoever it ends up being because there's only six days of testing and yeah three of them yeah. are gone so someone's gonna be very much in at the deep end in that seat if i think what they we need, think is like, gonna happen happens they need to make their mind up quick about yeah. what's going to happen here because like, they do need someone lined up where well, they don't already have I've that. I've got and, a feeling and... that their mind will be made up for them tomorrow morning. I'm not... Yeah, like, I think so. I think I th- by I the think... time people are listening to and this, the FAA yeah. will have made that decision for them. I think and with I... the fact that FIFA have made the decisions that they've made in for football today, I have a feeling that this might not be far behind. Do you know what else I think? Mm. I think it might be a blessing in disguise for them. I think so as well, because I think they they kind they've probably been wanting a bit of a way out of this anyway. Maybe he's not he's he's not really been a harmonious relationship with Schumacher. No, they're not going to get rid of Schumacher, are they? Come no, on, of course like, not. There's no way they get rid of Schumacher. He's good. So yeah, I think it. Ultimately, I think whatever happens, Mazepin going for. For Haas is if if it does happen is definitely a good thing for Haas. It's yeah. already, I mean, the car already looks better just by the livery <laughs> changing, and they'll probably it'll probably perform better if they've got someone else in there. So yeah, I'm all for sort of yeah, get, I, get someone else. Even if, even if even if you they don't force your hand, like find a way. The fact that they're saying we're having legal conversations about the sponsor tells me that. They, they're in a situation where they they can't get rid of the sponsor so easily, which is yeah. obviously the same for any team. Like you can't get rid of your sponsors that easily if you suddenly don't like them, unless but, your sponsors do something really bad. And if yeah. there was ever say if there's ever an excuse to do it, <laughs> yeah, I mean this is if the, if you did want to get it done, like now's the time to do it. Yeah, and it's it sounds like from what I've and again this is all like you know paddock rumblings and rumors and stuff but it, it sounds like the team arrived at the paddock that morning and had a discussion and said this is what we want to do and basically Gunter Steiner phoned up Gene Haas and said this is what we want to do and he was like yes go ahead please do that so well, the other it sounds like that relationship is, is dead regardless an American team with a Russian sponsor and a Russian driver. That that, that just does not... On what planet and is that like a I was, normal situation? That's I was going to say, 
what I really <laughs> hope now is that they this all gets resolved in the next couple of days. They bring in whatever driver it may be. Um, my gut feeling is it'll be Fittipaldi and they'll just have him yeah, on a rolling race-to-race so. contract and maybe change mid-season. But what I really hope is they turn up at the Bahrain test with the black and white livery we saw on the, the third day and they stick the stars and stripes back on the side of the car like they used to have. And it's the Haas that we knew from previous years and not the Haas we've had the last year or so again. Yeah. Yeah. It's what um, I'm hoping for. That I would mean, be it, good. From from what Gunther says, at least, and what he said openly to press so far is essentially it will be done and dusted this week from the sounds yeah. of things. Like the, the impression he's given whenever he's spoken to anyone from the press has basically been... I can't comment right now. There's some legalities involved in, you know, the decisions that we're making and we are taking next week after the testing is finished to make those decisions, finalise them, put something in place so that when it comes around to the next test in Bahrain, everything's done and we're, you know, yeah. we're back to normal normality in terms of we know how we're going to be operating. So, Which is uh, what yeah, I need. I, yeah, that, that's exactly the right way to do it, I think. Um, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see Fit but, but ultimately, car. yeah, ultimately we talk about a decision that will have been made by the time people listen to this. So yeah. we probably shouldn't dwell on it any yeah. longer than we have. Yeah, if we do, we might get kneecapped by some Spetsnaz. So yeah, cool. let's not say something we don't want to. <laughs> right, what we're going to do now, probably unwisely, having having talked about the first test and how you can't read much into testing, we're now going to attempt to make our. <laughs> Preseason predictions that are far more fun to do at this point of the season than they are right before the first race. So we're going to do the same thing we did last year and make some kind of random predictions of maybe of like increasing unlikelihood. But what we're also going to do is pick our top three drivers and teams come the end of the Man. season. And we'll revisit this in several months' time and see how we did. This is borderline pointless, but okay. Nah, this this is a te- this is a test of our extensive <laughs> F one knowledge. Too. This, is, this is very, very, very difficult. It's going to be very oh, fun in nine months' time. Whatever it is, though. a lottery is what this is, Chris. Um, how should we do this? Should we maybe all do our like third place and then second place and then first place? Oh, we're doing them. We're doing them in specific order as well. Yeah, I think so. If you're going to do this, let's do this. Wow. Okay. 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 <laughs> Tom's so unimpressed. <laughs> Tom. I mean, whatever. Is what, isn't it? <laughs> like, Your heart's really in this. On a, on a, honestly, if I'm right with what I say, I'll be a happy man. Because <laughs> he's, like Stu's already said, it is a lottery at this point. I am just going to go with what I want to happen. <laughs> can we? Can we do this? Okay, here's interesting. Why don't we do it now, and then why, why don't after the second test we have See an opportunity our to minds. revise our predictions? Yeah, I don't think we should be allowed to revise them. But I think we should be allowed to point out where we think we've been horribly okay. wrong. Yeah, yeah, let's. Yeah, that's that's that that's content. That's good. That will be good. That'll be good <laughs> yeah. fun to do that. Okay. Um, okay. Who's going right. first? Then? Should we do drivers or constructors first? Let's start with. I think. Let's do drivers first because constructors right. could lead drivers. Could, yeah, so that, I okay. think drivers. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. All right. Who wants to give us their third place driver first? Man, third in the championship. Yeah. 
I'm going to go. Go on, go Tom. On. Go on. I've, I've, I've got one as well. Yeah, go on. <laughs> go on. Carl, Carl, <laughs> Carlos Sainz. Mm, a name I feel is going to turn up a lot in this. That is not how you spell Sainz at all. Sainz. Yeah. Carlos Sainz. Um, I must prefer that. Um, oh, um, Norris. No. Ooh. Ooh. No, 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 no. I've got, I've got um, mine. I'll give you another second to think. Uh, my third place driver is Max Verstappen. Perez. For my Ooh, third place okay. Okay, interesting. Um, should we keep the same order or we, let's mix it up to make it a little like we normally yeah, do with yeah. predictions? Yeah. Um, all right, I'll go. I'll go first this time. My second place driver is Carlos Sainz. Interesting. Uh, mm. Tom. I'll, oh, Lando Norris. Ooh. A That's lot right. more McLaren faith from you guys than I've Look, got. One, and, and one of the big two is not in that top three. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Hmm. You're, wow, you're predicting a disruption. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told you. Uh, I'm going for what, what I kind of uh, partly want, I think. <laughs> the, the year of the great disruption. It wouldn't yeah. be inaccurate, would it? Um, second in the championship. Um <laughs> I'm going to say Hamilton. Okay. Oh. Weirdly, the first time the name Hamilton has turned up in this. I mean, we're talking about the, the bottom end of the top three, to be fair. So if yeah. it's going to appear anywhere, it's going to be second or first, I would think. We'll see. Who have you got first, Chris? Or did you go first last time? Is it too soon to go I first? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll happily go first because you've teed up. I have got Hamilton uh, for cha- world champion. Have you? Got Hamilton is my, my pick. Yeah, Hamilton's Funny, my pick. Funny, we're, we're inverted. We're almost, we're very, we're quite similar, actually. I've got, um, I want science for the championship. I had a feeling you would. I was tempted yeah. to go science. Oh, Jeff's Jeff, got, Jeff, Jeff's Jeff got wants it. Leclerc. Jeff's got it. Jeff wants Jeff's Leclerc. Got Jeff's got me. No. Jeff's got me. Charlie the boy. The most overrated in. driver Lock in, in Formula One. It'll be the most think... overrated driver with a world title come the end of this season, boy. He, I think I think won't. if we're going to find out if that's accurate or not, Stu, this is the season we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, this is the first time, may I add, I think I've ever noticed several people are typing in Discord. <laughs> Usually yeah. it's like one at a time. But for the first we time in a long time, it's a can several people are typing. <laughs> Um, all right, let's do constructors. Uh, Stu, you can go first. Third place constructor. Um, oh, McLaren. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go next. I have got Red Bull. I am going to have Mercedes. Hmm. Um, I'll go first this time, and I've got Ferrari second. Tom? I think from my driver order, you could probably work it out, but McLaren second. Hmm. Stu? I think Red Bull second. Okay. 
Um, so you can go first then, Stu. Who are your Constructors champions? I think Mercedes will win the Constructors again. I, I think that driver lineup is bellissimo. <laughs> as boring as it is, <laughs> I agree with you. I think if anyone's going to make it happen, it's them. Tom, however. Ferrari. Ferrari, yeah. I struggled. I I, I was close to picking Ferrari. I probably so- should have Ferrari in there somewhere, looking since they're winning the Drivers' Championship, but I'm hedging my bets. I think... It I, and again, like these predictions mean basically nothing because <laughs> we say that I'm until change one of us is exactly right. Yeah. So confident, <laughs> but I, such is my opinion. The way I'm justifying Ferrari not winning the uh, not winning the constructors is that they've got the most overrated driver in Formula One on their team. So he's going to cost them a few <laughs> points. He's, not, he's just not going to be able to compete with the likes of Hamilton. I'm sorry. Hamilton. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being blown up by discord. Jeff says you're his best friend. I've just I'm seen the one, I'm, as I'm, I'm left that. I'm the one that's got Ferrari winning the constructors and two drivers in the top three. What are you about Jeff? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we don't, we don't know one cares about constructors. It's all about the drivers. It's, what do you mean you're just kidding you can't say you're just ki- you can't you can't throw me as your new bestie and then take hit me with just kidding that's proper push pull right, <laughs> that's right absolutely savage i'm moving this on i'm moving this on um, Jeff DeMille, let's, sure. let's also just do some random predictions about anything we think is going to happen Ooh. as we did mm-hmm. last year oh my god um i've got a couple in mind um, i can't remember how we did this last year i think in theory we did three of like increasing did, unlikeliness yeah, but did yeah didn't we so didn't we do i think we did it as a something we think is likely to happen something we think is a little crazy to happen and then something that probably won't happen we just want it to happen yeah that was like kind of the the way we stepped them up last year yeah yeah Let's do it. Um, oh, okay. So let's I've let's start some. with the ones we actually think are going to happen. Okay, I've I've got one for that. Go ahead. Five different constructors will win a, win a race. Uh, Ooh, you've just you've literally. I'm going to raise the stakes on that one. <laughs> Go on. I'm going to say, um, five different drivers. From five different teams in the first Ooh, five will races. win in the first five races. <laughs> you look at you, you, you guess your face, your face. It's happened. It has happened. It has. In the past 2012, 2012. That was seven, I think, in 2012. Yeah, they were all different constructors, though. Okay, no, my, that's true. That's, that's the difficult yeah. bit. That's the difficult bit. I think five different yeah. drivers in, five, in the first five races is quite. Plausible, possible, but yeah, th- yeah. them all being different teams is a, is that's the bit that makes yours. A we might shot. need to give yeah. you. I think it's it's that fifth one as well because yeah. there's no one to fill that void. That's the yeah. Thing. Like, okay, my first one, I'm gonna go with at least three drivers will be in title contention at the last race of the season. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I'm saving that. I'm saving that. Mm. 
Um, who went first last time? It was you, wasn't it, Tom? Do you want to give yeah, us yeah. A, a less likely one then, Stu? So is that my most likely that I've just given you or my least likely? We're supposed to be doing the most likely one first. But you know I what? Mean, just it... give us we'll just take three. Oh. Yeah, you could you could you could always swap it if you realise okay, that yeah. you could think of something more likely to happen. Yeah, well I think I'd like that to be my middle one. I'd like that one to be my middle one. All right. Yeah. But um that may, I mean so in, in terms my... of the possibility of it, I agree with you. I'd I would i would happily let you move it. So <laughs> My most likely is two drivers in title. I think two dri- at least two drivers in contention the, the last race was going to be my next one, but you beat me to it with three. Three is like hectic. Okay, so you're not doing it. No, well, now I'll do it. I'll, do, I'll still do it. I All think right. Two, two in contention in the, the driver. Well, I'll go further than that. I will say um, it'll go down to the wire. I think it'll be minimal points difference it'd be less than a race win between the top two drivers in the final race there you go that's a better better way well it has to be otherwise (laughs) someone's already won the title no because yeah (laughs) i guess i guess unless you're saying it'll come down to the fastest lap fastest lap yeah the title will be decided on the fastest lap (laughs) okay there'll be less than five points between the top two drivers there we go all right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking on my feet here, guys. Come on, like I'm not a chance to like really like consider these. Uh, Tom, what's your next one? Um, it's gonna be something that's a bit less likely. Oof. Um, Williams. It's a great will be start. A race winner. Just Williams. Just Williams. Williams will be a race winner at some point in the season. Wow. Wow, that's a big one. That's, <laughs> that that should have been that should have been my crazy last one. I might think yeah, of something a little be. more suitable to go in the middle and sandwich it in, to be fair. Yeah. Doesn't I'm matter which gonna... driver Roxy in chat, by the way. Just any. Williams. <laughs> Just Williams. I mean we'll, we all Williams. know it's Albon. Um my <laughs> next one's gonna be there will be four new winners. Okay. Yeah. 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 Three are I mean, obvious. I have no idea who the fourth one's going to be. Science would be one of them, wouldn't he? So I'm thinking science. I'm thinking Norris. I'm thinking yeah. Russell. And then yeah. someone else. The, 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 three, the three is actually... That works quite well. Just those three. Yeah. But three, saying three is too easy and boring, so I'm saying four. Okay. Um, well, you've written, you've written three, so change it. <laughs> you're saying oh, four, yeah. but you're like, three. Brutal today. Absolutely brutal. I'm taking no but, nonsense. But brutal, but right. Brutal, but still correct. If it's, if it's written, it will be done. It's four. I'm saying four. It's written four. This is the way. Um, right. This is the way. Last, last one. I'm trying to think of the Need last one. one more. You need to do um, a crazy one first, don't you, Chris? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple in mind. I'm I've got one. I've got a mental one. I've got one. Go on okay. then. There will be a Malaysian Grand Prix. Oh, that is a great <laughs> one. That is a really good one. <laughs> 
This is the bit where Stu knows something we don't know that's under embargo. No, I don't. I, no, 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 I don't. If, if there, I really don't. I really, really don't. I really don't. <laughs> um, oh, so I, I was going to say eight different teams will get a podium, but that's like pretty similar to a lot of the other ones yeah. we've had that this may yeah. will do this thing. So I'm going to say the final standings will include at least 22 drivers. Hmm. I've got one to go in my middle slot and make the Williams one a little bit crazier. Okay. It's, it's, it's fairly achievable, I hope. Mick Schumacher will score a double-digit quantity of points, i.e. 10 or above. Yeah. Score more than 10 points. Cool. Yeah. 10 or more points. Mm-hmm. I like that. I hope that These are good. Through. These are good predictions. These are uh, these. This isn't ha- hasn't been the disaster I was expecting it to be. <laughs> it's all right. We've got Mick being predicted. Shall we recap? Shall we just quickly chat. recap over those? <laughs> yeah. So Tom's gone for five constructors will run a race. Mick Schumacher will score ten plus points, and Williams will be a race winner. I've okay. got at least three drivers will be in title contention at the last race. There'll be four new winners, and the final standings will have at least twenty-two drivers. And Stu's got less than five points between the top two at the last race. Five different drivers from five different teams will win in the first five races. <laughs> so and there good. will be a Malaysian Grand Prix. Can I swap Malaysian Grand Prix and five different drivers from five different teams will win the first yeah, five they, races? Yeah, I feel like they should be the I feel like around. there's more he likely that there's be something under embargo. No, no, no there, honestly, there isn't. It's so funny. Do you know when that news breaks tomorrow? I would. It's gonna look so. Yeah, funny. I imagine. I would love that. I would love. It. it would be great though. A Malaysian Grand Prix would be rad. Oh, I really want my that race back. <laughs> I feel like mine Turn are a little safer Malaysia than your guys' hectic. ones, but yeah, Chris playing it safe. For not, not intentionally. I had the other, the other one I thought of doing was if Hamilton wins the title, he'll retire. If he doesn't win the title, he won't retire. But that's, that's a, a good bit, one. That is a, a bit wishy washy. That's, a, that's a long way off. It's a long way in the distance as well. It is, it's yeah. A bit too far. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with my three. Yeah, the, um, I, think we've, I think that's nine good. good predictions of varying craziness there. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, last season we got a good half of them right between the three of us, I think. So we'll see. Um, we, well, didn't we, didn't we all get at least one? I think we did, yeah. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how we do. And if anybody wants to send in any wild predictions for themselves, <laughs> uh, send them away and we'll we'll have a look. Uh, Sarah had a good one in chat just to point out of Mick on a podium with Sebastian. That's oh, like that the that's like the feel good prediction one of that. Really oh, happen. I like that a lot. We should yeah. do um, we should do another one of those. Um, everyone send in your stuff episodes next week. Yeah, because inbox special no testing is there. Yeah, an inbox special. Maybe we should do an inbox special next week, and everyone can send us their mad predictions for, for yeah. the season. Keep yeah. an eye on the socials and all that, and we'll we'll put out the call. Yeah, uh, let's do right. It. Should we finish with some inbox? Yes. Keep it saying now. Stay, stay out. Hey man. <laughs> <laughs>
every time. For some reason, like Charlie's laughing that at the end, like seemed a little bit more maniacal than it has in the past this time. I don't know what oh. it was about leaving at that time. Anyway. It's the best. It, the funny thing is, Charlie's laugh at the end is like the the best bit. That's the bit that sometimes the editing used to accidentally cut out when I did the leveling. And genuinely, we got messages every time it happened. They were like, "Where was a laugh at the end of inbox?" And I'm like, "Are you being serious?" And like, people are like, "Yeah, it wasn't there." And I'm like, "I'm sorry." They're like, "The the volume mixing must have just like cut it out." And they're like. I want it back. Charlie will be like, thrilled that he's the favorite people's favorite part of the podcast. Yeah, if, if you'd like, if you'd like more Charlie Barnes content, go to Bastille.com. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, because they need our. <laughs> Never mind. Let's do. Some, someone start the inbox. <laughs> um, I'll do the first one. So Jeff says, "Who will get the best solution on the poor poising from Barcelona to Bahrain?" As Ferrari made good headway with slots instead of hacksawing the back of the floor off. <laughs> yeah but it looked like McLaren were already okay Ferrari seemed to be better by the end of the test um, who else was like suffering particularly badly with it Alpine had it um, nearly everyone had it yeah, yeah. I, I think I mean the Ferrari think visually looked the worst wouldn't you say I think yeah. from what we saw at least Mercedes, by the yeah, third Mercedes, day it was better yeah, Mercedes had it as well, pretty bad. Um, but they they all they all got on head, got ahead of it. Quickly. I think, in truth, I don't think it's quite as bad as what all the press are making out. I think it's just the story, and they've all jumped mm. on it. Yeah, um, and I think next test you'll barely see any porpoising, and it'll all this this whole story will disappear. That's what I think. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's it's probably bound to happen. That sort of thing when you go into the track for the first time properly in. A brand new formula of aero. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, it, I think some of the teams were already expecting it to some degree, and the fact that McLaren suffered the least probably means they'd even already start to do some prepare, nah, preparation that, against it. That is pure chance, Tom. That yeah. they've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's an interview where one of the engineers is like, "I wish we'd been that smart." <laughs> I've not seen <laughs> that. Honestly, um, <laughs> it's it's pure luck, and I think. Again, they just got it right. Of, part of its bump, they just happen to have got it right. I yeah. guess um, there is stuff on that car that that is, probably is making a difference. Obviously, of course there is, but not intentionally. <laughs> yeah, I think, like I say, I think it's gonna. This is gonna. I think there's gonna be much bigger topics of conversation at the end of testing next week. Mm-hmm. Next yeah. week, yeah, next week, yeah, no, well, mm-hmm. yeah, close enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where's the said? How drastically will the cars change from what we've seen in Barcelona to what we see in the next round of testing? And Henry has also said similar lines. Um, who do you think will make the most changes between testing and the first race? So a little bit of like what will change between the two test sessions yeah. and what will change considerably going into the first race weekend. I'm definitely expecting the biggest change from Mercedes. Um, I feel like Ferrari, that's more or less the car for Ferrari. I think they've just come out of the gates with like mm. full beans. This is what we've got. I mean, there'll, there'll be tweaks, obviously, but I don't there'll be any significant changes from them. Um, McLaren as well, I feel like have probably mostly in place by now. 
Yeah, I think I think the two teams that are going to change the most probably going into the first race are the Mercedes and the Red Bull. Mm-hmm. I think they're the ones that will always be the cagiest about what they show. Yeah, I mean they historically yeah. have been. Um, so vi- visually, they will be the most different yeah. cars. Yeah, I think in I terms think so. of position, in terms of like where you know where they they stack up, I think there's still potential for both Haas and for Alfa Romeo to make big improvements, um, especially based on what little running they've had. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Haas somewhere in the middle somewhere. Yeah, um, especially given the amount of time they've put into that car. But um, you know, there's a whole lot else going on at Haas that's going to sort of throw a bit of a spanner in the works probably over the next year. Definitely the focus is yeah quite where it probably needs to be at the moment. So mm. hopefully, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see both those teams move up the order a little bit, but I'm also really happy to see Williams sort of roughly in the middle. So yeah, um, I'm kind of, I think realistically though, that those two are the two that that are more likely to move up the order. Than any of us because they've got the they've got the most to do and they've got yeah. the, there's the most potential for them to change. It's always the so, way, isn't it? Yeah. In in terms of changes between testing and the race, I don't think a huge amount will change just because the te- the first race is the week after the final test and in the same location. So I'm not saying nothing will change because that's not the way Formula One works, but I don't think there'd be like anything wildly different between what we see in the test at the end of the test compared to what we see rolling out in free practice one in Bahrain I don't think Mm. Mm -hmm. okay should we do the next one Uh, next one from Bodicote if Mazepin loses his seat who's like to replace him which we've sort of already covered who do you want to replace him and is it too soon for an American F1 driver never too soon for an American F1 driver it's just whether F- America has got an F1 driver to give F1 I'd say it's oh, we're overdue an American F1 driver if anything yeah. um, I, I think the probably the most likely American drivers to join the grid I'd say are more likely to join with Andretti in the next few years um, like Colton Hurt is a name that always gets banded around but if, if yeah. he's going to join F1 he's going to join with Andretti I think Mm. and I'm not yeah, sure I, who else would I mean in terms of like the the names that I think will replace him I think Fittipaldi's pretty much already been said as that is what will happen by the team yeah. more or less um, in terms of who I'd want to replace him probably Piastri I think mm. he's he's the person that doesn't really have anything going on at this particular moment that I would like to see get that opportunity. Um, so I, th- I think yeah. it'd be him if I was to pick someone I th- that I could have. I think to go back to what we were saying earlier about it, I think it's a team that, that could probably benefit quite a lot from having a really, really experienced driver alongside Mick Schumacher. I think Mick Schumacher could benefit hugely from it to not have a direct rival in the same way. Yeah. Well, basically bloody mentalist in the car next to him. So I would, my feeling is I would, and I think this, hopefully this will be quite popular. I think um, Nico Hulkenberg, I think Hulkenberg would be a, a, a great fit for that team. Um, Always a popular choice. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's a he's a great guy. He deserves a place, and I think he's got a lot to give for Mick Schumacher. And they're both German as well. So that how rad yeah. would that be? Two German drivers killing it together. It'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um Jeff in the chat said that Herter's eight points short of a super license, but with the way the FA rules work, it's kind of all at their discretion, and I'm almost certain that they would find bend their own rules to let that happen. Yeah, for sure. The FIA finds a way. Um, the next question <laughs> is by Dan Instone, and it's it goes like this. Is it a shame about the Alfa Romeo Steelies, or have they won Stu over? Um, <laughs> Uh, I still think it's a shame. I'd, I'm not into steel. Look, I'm I, I'm not into these wheel covers at all. Um, I think it should be wheel wheels. I mean, you know, th- there's a few things that the steelies take away, the wheel covers take away, and that's you can't see the glow of the brake discs. You can't see the blooming wheels themselves, which are cool. Um, and it just changes the dimensionality of a car, like the whole thing of why a lot of people like cars, a big aspect of people liking cars, I've said it multiple times already in the last few weeks, is that the wheels are a really, really huge part of the design of a car. And when you take that away and just put this blanket wheel trim, which is basically a wheel trim over the top of all of them, they just look, they just don't look cool. That's the problem. It's a really, really cool looking car. There's some really, really bloody cool looking cars on this grid. And these flipping wheel covers are just making them look like trash. And is it fair to say the Alfa Romeos are the best of a bad bunch, at least? Hundred percent. For me, the, the it, it's fair. It's fair to say. Yeah, I suppose it's fair to say they're the best of a bad bunch, but it doesn't change the fact that they're a bad bunch, and they a, a lick of paint is not going to make, <laughs> you know. Something that looks like that look better. Like I mean, I went for you know I I I gave an analogy last week where it's basically like a budget car mod, isn't it? Mm. (laughs) So yeah, I think the unless they're planning on doing something like they were there was talk about them putting like LEDs and stuff on them and like making them glow. Yeah, that all disappeared, didn't it? And that all sort of seems to have gone away. So yeah, I mean, we just ended up left with this panel over the top of the wheel hiding all that cool stuff that that makes the formula one car look alive a lot of the time so i'm against wheel trims i don't see what they i would say they take away from the experience of looking at a formula one car at a time when we should be doing everything we can to make a formula one car look more dramatic this has been wheel chat with you (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, you we'll know, have, we'll have, have, hey, you were asked the we'll question. Have a corner. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a little corner. Yeah. We'll have a little corner for it every time somebody asks. <laughs> steely corner. Yeah. Steely clearly, corner your, with your, you. your opinions on wheels have struck a chord with people because you're getting questions specifically to you about yeah, the wheels. Yeah, literally. There you go. So, <laughs> which I mean, you know, which kind of proves your point that it matters to the look of the cars. But thank you, thank you, anyway, thank you for asking, un- Dan. Thank un- you. For unless the only thing could be is Dan loves the Steelers and oh, he just. Dan- He's just been goading me. Yeah, just goading you because he, he likes your frustration oh, over the Steely. Dan, Dan loves the Steely. Classic Dan, that. <laughs> Steely Dan. Steely Dan. Hey. 
Oh, moving on. Uh, Toby Godfrey says, where do you think Merck and Red Bull really are? Uh, you'd expect Merck to be there given how early apparently they started working for this year, although they do seem to be suffering from the poor poison just as much, uh, sorry, more than the others. I think they are both full of sandbags is where they are. <laughs> um, yeah, Red Bull especially. Agreed. I think Red, that Red Bull's got lots more to give and I'm... I'm I'm predicting them to be there or thereabouts for the first couple of days of the next test. And then the final afternoon of the test, Red Bull and Mercedes just suddenly like drop these lap times out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Shatter the world. I, I dare bet Ferrari will do the same thing. Yeah. I think Ferrari actually, yeah. have looked remarkably sort of, I, I thought they might have put a few sort of serious, much more serious laps down than they have. And I think the Ferrari, I think those top three and McLaren, I keep saying it and McLaren, I think the three of those teams, definitely McLaren's still the outlier, but those four teams are gonna, mm-hmm. gonna be really, really quick come start of the season. I already I'm already sure of it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Final question this week from Eugene Risto. To what extent are Mercedes not showing their true pace in testing? I boldly predict they won't finish higher than third in the constructors. And Lewis's rally cry of he'll come back stronger is more in hope than reality due to his knowledge that this year he won't have the car to win the title. I'm so confident, in fact, that we can revisit this the conclusion of the season. Hey, Eugene, it looks like we're together on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Mercedes are going to have it easy. I think they're... Because let's face it, Mercedes have won, what is it, eight constructors' titles in a row yeah. they won? Yeah, they've basically won everything since the hybrid era, haven't they? Apart from yeah. the drivers this year. And at most, they were fighting one other team during that time. Yeah. And I feel like this season, it's going to be multiple teams. At least that's what it's looking like so far. So it's not going to be easy for them, but... It's not going to be easy for any of the others either. No. Yeah. And I still do think... Well, I was say I still think they'll finish top three. I think they're going to finish number one because that's the prediction I made. Um, I, th- I think <laughs> they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I, I can't see a world where Mercedes haven't made a really good car. Mm-hmm. I just can't. So, basically, I mean, why would why would they suddenly not be able to make a good car? It's, it's not necessarily about saying that Mercedes won't make a really good car, though. It's that it's for for me at least. Anyway, it's more about the fact that more teams will make equally as good a car this time round. Like, I guess, like, there's, there's so much variation. This is the thing that I really like about what we've seen in testing is that we've all we've all kind of earmarked that there's four teams that appear to have come out of this new sort of regulation set, like, fairly well, and that's Ferrari, come McLaren. Come out swinging, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, Ferrari, McLaren, Red Bull, Mercedes. We think that they've all got something about them but you put all four of those cars next to each other they're vastly different yeah and yeah, i think that's that's yeah, yeah. the really like interesting thing for me is it's not necessarily mercedes are going to build a bad car like and that's why they won't be top three or or just about in the top three it's more that there are more other teams that have got a good car on par with them for different reasons until yeah. maybe like it's found that this is like the way to do things. I mean, teams always have some variation, like the whole high rake versus low rake thing. Like, you know, there's, there's always something that teams will do differently and have different philosophies. Exactly. But one or two of these multiple 
ideas, I think will over the next season or two settle down to be like considered like the norm and you go down this path or the other path. And because that's what that's what we always see until until there's another bit of a change and it allows for a bit more innovation. But I think we're going to see like four and maybe even five constructors in a position where, well, teams, sorry, not constructors, like five, four, maybe even five teams that can legitimately compete. Not that Mercedes or Red Bull are going to drop off, but the others will legitimately so you, compete with them. You can see, so you're saying because of the things like the budget cap and because of the yeah. way the new formula works, that you, you can see convergence coming a lot sooner than what it would than what it has done in the in the previous few years, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I agree that, with that. I think that like the the budget cap will obviously be a huge factor in it, but also just the fact that um I, I feel like the way that the regs have been set out have kind of given the teams some really interesting freedoms in some areas and what that's why so things like the side pods are so wildly different between the cars. Like there must be about five or six different styles of side pods side pod and there's only yeah, 10 teams on the great, grid isn't it it's like, so cool it's insane so and i think another thing we didn't mention it that i think has come from testing is that from what drivers have said it seems like they are able to follow each other better than previously yes. so yeah the... a number of them said they went out of their way to to follow another car quite yeah. closely didn't they to to sort of see how that felt so so the the qualify on pole and runaway strategy that served mercedes and red bull so well over the last decade probably isn't going to work as well yeah, yeah probably even more than that it's that that's not going to be as effective it seems so yeah it's it's promising and the, the drivers have been saying good things about the new pirellis as well which makes a nice change it's um Right now, things are shaping up very nicely. I'm, I'm very excited for this season. To I mean, start. for me, if the drivers are happy, I'm happy because when they're happy with something like that and they feel like confident with something like that, we generally see the best of them, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, just look at drivers in good cars compared to yeah. drivers in not great cars. Like, you don't see the best even out of a, a known race winner or someone with talent when they're in. Mm-hmm. a rubbish car or they're in a situation that doesn't keep them happy. So I think them being on board with a lot of these changes and feeling confident about them will lead to then ultimately good racing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, hope you're right. I hope you're I mean, right. Yeah, I hope it's, you're it's, right. It's a hopeful. There's no fact in it. Anything, <laughs> is there? But like, it just, I don't know. It, it just bodes well, I think. I think it does. I think there's a lot to be optimistic about but from the from the first test. I think the fact that we've got we it already looks like there are four, at least four teams at the top who who are, who are at a similar level is a is a nice sort of place to start going into the actual preseason test. Because mm-hmm. let's not forget that was not the test it was running. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know all that silliness aside, I think yeah, I'm I'm. Itching to see him go Amar and Tong now. I can't wait yeah. for qualifying in yeah, and, uh, in Bahrain already. Um, never mind the next test. I think you know you only really truly see the sort of the the hammer go down when you know when you get to that first qualifying session. That's always one of the highlights of the season. Q three, in fact, is like the first time we're going to see them. The yeah, Q one, Q one, two, and three. Yeah, I mean, well, I think. 
Depends how close no, they are, doesn't this, it? I think this year, I think I think everyone's just going to be absolutely going to have to go for it in Q1 because you're just not going to know. There's just no way of knowing. So, yeah, let's see how they get on at the next test and um, update our predictions accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, on that note of optimism, um, I'll draw us to a close. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, as always, to our patrons and those of you who have joined us for the live recording. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to Twitter and Facebook and all those things and just search for us. You'll find us. Um, we'll probably do a bit of an inbox extra next week. Uh, send us your wild predictions of the season ahead as well. We'd like to read those. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go to backgrid.com where there's a contact form uh, and that is where the Predictions League will be happening once the season starts. And I think that's it. So until next time, thanks again for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.